What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk Podcast Partnerships. When I first got into the industry, in the, into the micro gym industry in 2009, well, going into 2010, that was when the idea of a partnership was blasphemous. Blasphemous. It was don't do it. You heard nothing but horror stories. And for all intents and purposes, like to put it into context, it was right. Like the, the, the horrible partnership scenarios were by default of the situation in which they were formed. And today I want to talk a little bit about kind of where that idea came from and how that's evolved and where now as we're looking into 2024, for most micro gyms that are starting somewhat undercapitalized or understaffed, a partnership is actually a really, really good idea. I've said this before, the, the most of the owners that I work with that, that, that exceed benchmarks and they over-index on the speed to profitability and success, they're part-time owners, meaning they have a full-time job, which means they have an additional bank. The second ones are the ones that partner well. I'm going to talk about all that today. There's actually a brand new course in Microgym University dropping all about setting up successful partnerships and how to know if your partnership's in trouble, all that good shit. Anyway, so let's go, let's take it back. Back in the day, the reason this was shit on and everybody screamed up and down, don't have a partner, is because back then, if you brought a partner in, it's generally because you were scared to get into entrepreneurship. You guys got to remember, in 2006 and 8 and 10, to open up a micro gym, this is mainly just a CrossFit style gym back then, or some kind of mom and pop strength and conditioning, it didn't cost a lot of money. I mean, it was a very small budget to get started with. So it was something that most people could front on their own. If they couldn't, they might go ahead and get a partner who's going to bring in some cash. However, that partner was maybe someone who was also a, let's, let's use CrossFit as an example, two guys who love CrossFit together. They work out every day in their garage and they get the great idea to open up a gym together. They both have a little bit of money. You put it together, they got some money and that's enough to get them started. However, they all, they both possess the same assets, right? They're both bringing the same thing to the business. Um, they're both not very knowledgeable in business, they both have a little bit of money that they're piling together and they both love the coach and they both love the program and they both you know, love the, the methodology and working out. The, when you partner, there's three things you want to look for in your partner. And if you can't check the box on one or more, you should not partner. Your partner should either be bringing in cash that you don't have, skills that you don't have, or they have a strategic partnership or a strategic um, aspect of themselves that allows you access to certain places or customers or they you know there's some strategic play here for example if you partnered with somebody um, who is the director of a bunch of hospitals and by doing so they're gonna ensure that your gym is where all the physicians point the finger to when it comes time to referring patients out for a fitness program that would be a strategic partnership Right? When somebody's on Shark Tank and they have widgets to sell and they partner with Mark Cuban, especially if it's a high, you know, um, you know, a CPG consumer product or a consumer packaged goods, you, you want to partner with Mark Cuban because he can make sure it gets in the hands of everybody who goes to a Dallas Mavericks game. So anyway, 
All that being said, those are the three things. Well, in those early scenarios, none of those boxes were checked. It was people that had the same skill sets, the same amount of money, and they had limited to no, they had the same, which was zero strategic advantage. So when that happens, there's no clear cut rules. So you're just like, all right, we're just going to do this together. You take the AMs on Monday, I'll take the PMs. And then I'll take the AMs on Tuesday, you take the PMs. We'll switch back and forth. Okay, bro, break. We got this. And like, that's literally what it was. And um, that's why partnerships fail. When there is redundancy in the role of an owner, meaning one owner looks like a mere, like a mirror image, an identical image of the other owner, the redundant, you're going to step on each other's dicks. When you both can do the same job, you're always going to think you could do it better than your partner. That's why my favorite, if when you partner, and I'll break this down, my favorite when you partner is cash. I like a partner that comes in as cash and doesn't want to have any managerial say over the business, right? That'd be more of an investor or a, just a cash partner. So they come in with cash, they give you the cash, but that's really it. Now, I, I like that one because it's the most simple, like no, it, there's no opportunity for you guys to step on each other's dicks. I don't like it because it doesn't add to the business. Sure, the cash helps, but there's a lot of dumb money. There's a lot of money behind dumb people out there, and it, it, it does not result in a profitable business. So the best would be somebody who comes in with cash and a skill that you don't have. So for example, let's say your uh, brother-in-law has been, you've been working, you've been, you have been training your brother-in-law for three years and he has lost 250, you've changed his life with fitness. He is on a fitness kick, but you know, he's the chief marketing officer for a company or he's the head of, you know, advertising for a company and you know, him going to work for a mom and pop gym doesn't make any sense. But maybe what he's going to do is he's going to throw in a bunch of cash, become the CMO, and his other role now is going to be the marketing and branding for the business. He's never going to get in your way with the programming. He's never going to get in your way with the pricing because he doesn't know those things. What he knows is marketing and branding, and that's what he's bringing. So he's bringing a skill you didn't have, and he's also bringing cash. Right? That would truly be my favorite preferred. You know, when you get into like the strategic things, those are fewer and far between because it's got to really work out and you have to, it's got to be a done deal. I can't tell you the amount of gym owners who have hit me up and I, you know, we, we talk and I can help out in mediation, but ultimately they got to get a lawyer involved where they partner with someone. Oh, so he owns six apartment complexes and we were going to install my training company in these six apartment complexes, but less than a year into our partnership, he got, you know, whatever he, uh, you know, he ended up his, his board or whatever made him put a different fitness company. in. so the whole strategic thing was completely over with. And now I have another business partner who provides now zero value, right? Like, so if you're ever going to go that strategic route, you make sure that strategic deal is fucking done before you get in the bed with somebody. Now, when it comes to partnerships and where they're evolving to, you guys can kind of see where, where they went wrong and that's why there's a ton of horror stories about them, right? And it's just due to redundancy. So if you currently have a partnership now and you notice redundancy in each other, you guys are like, well, fuck, we both know shit about fuck when it comes to business. We both like coaching and program. We're literally the same person. Then it's time for you guys to, you need to, you gotta invest time and education 
or hire a consultant or a mentor or someone who specializes in something to work with one of you guys so that we can balance out this org chart. So for example, I believe it was like 2018 or so, I got brought in, they, uh, we, within like a real quick, like within weeks, we realized that the problem in the business was that the, it was, this org chart sucked between these two partners. And they were only arguing because they were doing the same, they, like, they separated the roles, but they separated the roles into things neither of them were good at. So marketing and branding was one guy's role and he didn't know shit about it. So I come in, me and him spend three months together, kind of level up his education. He goes off, he does this thing for three months and we did like a quarterly check-in. And I was there to kind of help direct and kind of you know help guide him in the role of marketing and branding. So it allowed them to separate, right? And take the other roles, like the other guy, he ended up taking like finances and sales. That was the thing he was in and he went and hired a, a sales coach. Yo, yo, just real quick, I know you guys know I work with gym owners in the consulting format, but what most people don't realize is that I'm trying to get fired. Seriously, like I want to get fired and allow you to run your business autonomously without needing a consistent check-in with a mentor or some group call. Working with me is simple. You tell me what problems you have in the business, I'll create the tailored solutions, and once the problems are solved, we'll go our separate ways. And you continue growing your business with the knowledge and skill sets I taught you during our time together. Someone once told me, find a way to put yourself out of business. It's the best way you can serve your clients. And I really took that to heart. So if you dig my unique approach to consulting, shoot me a DM on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk and just, you know, let's jam on what exactly is happening with your business. If I think I can help, we'll set up a call. All right, that's it. Back to the podcast. So you can, even if you guys don't have any of those skills, you're like, well, fuck, we can't separate. We don't know shit about any of this stuff. You're going to have to invest money that you didn't do early on, you thought you could jump to the front of the line and now you're realizing you're getting your dick rubbed in the dirt in the, you know, in the marketplace by all your competition and your business is slowly you know, failing. It's time for you to now realize you should have invested earlier and just now invest in developing your skills. You can invest in courses. Like I've had people take like the business made simple or you know whatever Donald Miller's Mark and Story Brand courses is a really good one. Um, you can hire somebody anyway, but you gotta get it done. Now. You see where we're, you know, we came from. Now, where we're going is a more of a prosperous area because we're smarter now. Remember, we've been doing the micro gym thing. There's a lot more data. There's a lot more experience, right? With scars come knowledge, and now we're able to take a look and see that if you were looking to start a business today, and you, you know, were thinking of what would be an ideal structure to start this business, it would be with a partner. Now, for people who tell me there's not gyms don't make enough money to to have a partner, well, maybe yours didn't. I I can I'm clearly can tell you they absolutely can. Can you guys show me one Orange Theory that's owned by just one singular dude? I mean, I'm sure, I, actually for a fact I know there are a couple, but I mean out of the twelve hundred or so, sixteen hundred Orange Theories, whatever the number is, there's not. <laughs> it's it, we're talking 98% are co-ops, multiple owners. So most franchises have multiple owners. You know, and even in the metabolic world, when I, I was speaking at their conference recently, getting to meet dual owners, whether they're husband, wife, whether they're friends, like the guys in, you know, uh, metabolic Nashville or metabolic Jupiter, like in these very successful cash flowing businesses, partnerships are common. 
it's only in this small, like this small niche of like mom and pop CrossFits or mom and pop strength and conditioning micro gyms where they're still like in the, Ooh, partnerships are bad. I read it on a blog back in 2008. It's like, I, you know, I, I understand that narrative existed in 2000 back in the day, but I just explained to you why it makes sense. He, here's why that's here, why that was the truth, but we can all agree had this podcast dropped in 2006 and people had learned how to partner up properly with somebody, we might not have heard all those horror stories. We actually maybe would have been edgy, you know, we would have been set up from the beginning and told that partnerships are actually a smart thing to do, right? Now, again, it's, if you don't need a partner, go for, then, then you don't need a partner, but then you better be able to hire and recruit talent in the different areas. Remember, your business does five things. I've been dropping this a lot in the podcast because I'm really trying to hammer it down your fucking throats. It has to attract, convert, deliver, collect, and connect. Those are the five functions of the business. Attract, market. Convert, sales. Deliver, service. Collect, that's HR and systems. And connect, that would be retention. If it can do those five things for a micro gym, those are the five functions for a micro gym, we're going to be in good shape. But if you as an owner, you're a proficient at all five, give me a call. I, I'll, I'll, fuck, I'll invest money in whatever you want to do. I, if you're truly fucking proficient at all five of those things, I'd love to meet you. I've never met anybody who's a rock star at all five of those things. So now I'm seeing a lot more people look to partner. You can start with higher capitalization, meaning you're not going to have to bootstrap this thing, meaning you're going to be able to afford good talent, meaning you're going to be able to get a good location because you're not going to be like, well, I can only afford $10 a square foot rent in fucking you know Pittsburgh. Like, well, good luck, dude. Where the fuck are we going to find that? In a warehouse that its last inhabitants were fucking, I don't know, crackheads? We're not, I, don't, I don't know where we're going to find it. If you have a business partner who maybe is great at sales, you now have someone who could just be knocking down the lead nurture, crushing the deals, you know what's coming through, and then developing other salespeople. I got a whole other, I got a whole other uh, podcast and course coming up on training salespeople for your gym and finding salespeople for the gym and why there's no salespeople for good for gyms and blah, 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 all that good shit. Um, but anyway, this thing in partnerships... I'm sorry, I've literally been I've been outlining new courses for 2024 all day, and this is just what's at the top of my brain. Um, this thing about partnerships, I think that I think we're gonna see it the paradigm change. And I'd love if any of you guys have examples of really good partnerships and some really good success stories, shoot me a DM on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk. I you know, depending on what the storyline is and all that, if it's juicy enough, I'd love to have you come on the podcast and talk about it because it just Partnerships are an opportunity that a lot of people have shit on, but I, I still think today, like, you know, I think there's opportunities for you to bring in a partner. Um, I don't see any reason why a gym could go from making $175,000 a year, barely breaking even, an overworked owner who literally, the only thing they're really good at is the coaching, the community part, the programming, like that's literally the only thing that they, the skill set they have for the most part. And bring somebody in who has a like a C, you know, more of a, a CFO, like chief financial officer or chief operating officer, like someone who has a business background and be very, very successful with it. Like come in and someone else like take the reins. Look at what OPEX did. 
Everyone know OPEX? James Fitzgerald won the very first CrossFit Games. One of the smartest dudes in the, in the business of fitness and programming. James brought in Jim Crowell to be his CEO. Right? He wasn't an actual partner. Brought him in as an, a, you know, an actual like an employee. But, I mean, again, like going out and bringing in that talent. Now, OPEX makes the kind of money to pay a guy like Jim Crowell. That Jim in that scenario make it a hundred and whatever, 75000 a year is probably going to have to, you know, show potential upside to a, uh, to a, you know, a partner that wants to come in and invest some cash and then their skill set and then take it from 175 to 305 in two years and bada bing, bada boom. Now, now the thing is fucking minting. So guys, partnerships, if you've got any issues with your current partner, you got thoughts on it or anything I can do to help, please shoot me a DM on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk. And until I talk to you in the next podcast, Have a great fucking day.